God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen, he doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whispers. I wake up in the morning. Yes. I go to sleep at night. It's Canadian snack time. But a day like without snack, snack time. time, that just isn't right. It's my Not life. Right. Story of my life. Oh, oh snack time. Oh, oh, snack time. I miss the bare naked ladies. How I love the Did they break up? They're not the same group oh, yeah. today as, as in harmony together, and each one has their share. Oh, oh at snack time. I want a snack oh, right oh, now. It's snack, snack time. time. Kind of. Snack time. Snack time. Yeah. Snack time. Snack time. Maybe some cheese. Talk about snack time. I like cheese for a snack. You know what I'm going to miss? Fresh and snack easy, time. extra sharp cheddar cheese. Snack time. I've never shopped at a fresh and easy. Snack time. Now they're going out of business. Or they're pulling they're out not. of California. They're, no, they're they're staying. They retooled. Oh, again? Their extra sharp I, cheddar I'm is fantastic. Getting, I love barbecue potato chips. Mm, oh, yeah. too salty. I like marshmallows. No, Hi, I'm Harland, and I love blueberry pie. Oh yeah, nah, I'm Ethan, and I like crackers. Crackers, Hi, I, I like Ritz. Ritz. and I like watermelon. Oh yeah. Hi, my name is Hazel. My favorite snack is Nori. Hi, I'm what? Sarah, and huh? I love chocolate. Yes, Hi, I love I'm Ben, and my favorite Dark snack chocolate. is a three-pound lobster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my name is my man, and I like olives. <laughs> I love salt and vinegar. My favorite snack is sembe, Japanese rice crackers. Nope. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jason, and I like macaroni and cheese. Oh, yeah, I do. I'm Martin, and I like popcorn. Hi, I'm Gord, and I like peanut butter and crackers. Hello, my name is Isaac, and I like ice cream. I love ice cream. My favorite snack is pickled eggs. <laughs> Hi, my name's Millen. My favorite snack is cheesy. Hi, I'm Al, and I like honey roasted peanuts. Mm, Hi, yeah. I'm Lyle, and I like jelly beans. Hi, I'm Janine, and I like microwaved chocolate donuts. What? That's what oh, like. that's disgusting. I am sick, not Are we going to start the show, Craig? Oh, we're going to talk about snacks. Snacks? Okay. Hello, I'm Gordon Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot? Snack is pasta. Is what? Pasta? Pasta. Did you say pasta? I just did. The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. Biggest downer song ever. You could you could bring a great party down to nothing just by playing the Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> it's like the ultimate buzzkill song. I'll tell you something else that Fresh and Easy has that's fantastic. What's that? Blueberry ice cream. Their blueberry you know, ice cream is fan diddly task. I uh I, I love blueberries and, and but I don't I like blueberries just au naturel. Just, just blueberries as they are. Blueberry pie I you lose the blueberry character. They get all kinda of cooked in and they're they're they I still like blueberry pie, but their their blueberry ice cream I think you would like because it's like blueberries and cream kind of thing. Oh, okay, I get that. Uh I wanna as long as we're talking pie, can I can I put in a, a plug for a, <laughs> a pie place? I don't see why not. Uh people you, you guys it's in your the, show too, you in know. the Kansas City area, especially the Overland oh. Park. Oh. oh yeah, the Tony part of Kansas City. Yeah. Um my wife has a couple of cousins out there who have uh, a pie, two pie stores uh, called the Upper Crust. Hmm. Uh, Jan and Elaine. Paula's and, sister uh, lives in Overland Park. Tell her to go to the Upper Crust. Well, she, we're she we're going to have to make a trip over there. Yes, just, just when you to. go. These first of all, these guys have the best crust of any 
pies I've ever purchased. Really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I had, uh, when I was in Kansas City for the doxology reunion thing where I was banque- banquet speaker, um, uh, my wife made a field trip over to the actual store and uh, it just kind of saw where they made the pies. And they bought, they have these things called cubie, cutie pies, which are like mini pies. Okay. And uh, Little and, torts? Yeah, kind of. They're, they're just small pies. And uh, they, she brought a bunch of them home so I could try. Uh, I had German chocolate and mm. cherry mm. and some kind of mixed berry, like blackberry. And, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, um, I forgot, there's one more in there too, but excellent pies excellent pie. and they've made quite a name for themselves in the last last few years but the upper crust the upper crust City, now this is like Karen's them on facebook cousins? cousins 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 uh that live in overland park wow so yeah it's very very great place kind of you know that 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 small business american dream two sisters uh you know and and they're they're a good combo one's kind of the baker the other's kind of the business knows knows how to market knows how to business so. it's all good by the way we are the world famous god whispers i'm the craig GW. i'm bill swirla and or, we're, or we're still we're still in uh is it donofrio or donofrio it's um i don't know yeah. I, I i i i used to i've always said donofrio as long as i've known you donofrio well i didn't put the d in there but <laughs> donofrio you know i like that i think in celebration of your new, your, we should put the, the apostrophe this, back in. Yes, yes. Now, doesn't the guy that from Law and Order doesn't he have an apostrophe? He has the apostrophe. He says Donofrio, though. <laughs> That's the East Coast, like New Jersey way of saying it. Donofrio. Donofrio. Yeah. De, not Donofrio. No, Donofrio. I think it's how about the Humphrey? Donofrey. Let's just say the Humphrey. I didn't change my name to the Humphrey. Yeah. Well, Craig the Humphrey. But I, <laughs> But I think in honor of your... Sounds like a humpback whale or something, new Your new adventure in the Synod, that you should you should change the pronunciation of your name. Kind of like a, a baptismal name. Yeah. Well, it's like Saul and Paul. Right. Although that wasn't baptismal. You know, everybody thinks that, that Saul changed his name when uh, he was baptized, became a Christian. But that's not, that's not the case. It's just that he seems when he gets into uh, Roman territories, then he takes on. He probably had this name Paul all along. You know, Saul's a Hebrew name, but Paul's a Paulus is a, is a Roman name. So hmm. it, he probably just you know used it wherever it kind it, of yeah wherever it collect, You know, it's like the currency works here. Right, so, right. You know, it's like I say a boot when I'm in Canada. Well, you know, just or, to blend in. Or when I'm at the uh, Playboy Mansion, I pronounce my last name Hefner. <laughs> well, which is wise. <laughs> when was the last time you were at the I've never Playboy been there. Mansion? I, I, I've never been there. Just, just, just saying, you know, wow. if I ever go, wow. my last name will just, be Hefner. Just, just wow. So... Anyway, speaking of me being a synodical hack now. You are. You're a sellout, man. You, you know, you are also. You are now on I'm the not Board of Regents. Any, I'm not making any money at this, though. Fort Wayne I am, Seminary. I am bored. A big wig. <laughs> something big. A special person. Big deal. Mr. Outsider himself. Yeah. Now on the inside. No. That's yes. Not, why, why is, tell me, explain to me why this is an insider okay, position. You know what? It's true. With Fort Wayne, you are still an outsider. Because <laughs> it's Fort Wayne. Right. It if it was the St. Louis Seminary, then uh, you'd be an insider. I, I, think, I think it enhances my outsider <laughs> reputation <laughs> truly i it, well that was it was a great surprise actually the day that happened i was visiting the good doctors nagel and feuerhan i was in st louis for the convention being the first of the convention essayist yes and um by the I, way I, folks have you heard that bill was a uh essayist at the convention I, and i delivered a an keynote essay. speaker at uh doxology i yeah, and, and? Uh, presenter at Higher Things uh, Purdue. Yeah, from above. Too. From above Purdue. And uh, let's see. Oh, end of September. I'm I'm going to be doing a youth retreat at Zion in Beecher, Illinois, south of Chicago. Illinois. Illinois, south of Chicago. Uh, die strong word. We're going to go through. Word. Yeah, we're using that hymn. Franzman, the Franzman actually. hymn. That's my favorite hymn. I, that is my that is my number one go to that general purpose, great processional. Yes, you can get like three dozen clergy in, and it's only like stanza three. You got you got at least six or seven more to go. But it's <laughs> great 
great, great, great lyric. By I, I know I've mentioned this a dozen times before on the GW, but that opening day of seminary every year, and they have the brass and the timpani and everything cranked up, and you got like 400 men singing at the top of their lungs, I strong word, and then bong, gong, gong, yeah, gong, yeah, yeah, with the timpani, yeah. and Henry's just cranking on the organ. Man, if you don't get chills down your spine, you're not alive. Yeah, well, yeah, and I think I think you may have to question whether you're saved. That too, <laughs> you know, definitely. Even even as a Lutheran, there's there there comes a point where you if have you to. don't get a chill down your spine, you're definitely not a pietist. Right. I, 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 I see clearly it, not a. Pietist. I see a guy outside my window here looking for a signature. I predict that in the next ten seconds, a FedEx delivery man oh, is going to well, come that, through that's the door. A treat whenever we're here. Yeah, at, right. The the, and I, you know, now that we're missing Rufus. By the way, is Rufus going to be? Making the move with you. Rufus is moving out with me. Paul is going to stay behind for a month or two to wrap up some stuff in the school district. Okay. And maybe three. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and Rufus will be batching it with me for a couple you, of months. You and Rufus doing the fraternity thing. Yeah, but oh, this, see, this is going to be This weird can't go right. Because we're renting a condo for the first year. And Rufus is going to have to go out bright and ugly first thing in the morning. And then as soon as I get home, about 6 or 7 p.m., he's going to have to go out again. And so little buddy better learn to hold it for about 12 hours at a time. Cause <laughs> how is how he, is he in the bladder department? He's only seven. He's He's in real good shape. Prostate is primo. <laughs> uh, Wait a minute. Do dogs have one? I have no idea. Never I, thought about I that. I don't know. We should look that up. Do you know a vet? Do, Do I know? You know, I did. Can we call a vet? What? This this would be you know I'm, oh I'm, do we know a vet why don't you put it out on the GW Facebook page <laughs> and ask do dogs have prostates dog let's, owners let's... help us <laughs> so anyway no he's he's got good control good uh, good bladder control and and uh, he's he's excellent about not making a mess in the house like that so but he's going to be home alone so to speak yes uh, do you and have a, do you he, have a po- uh, upholstered furniture he he is a barker. And uh, when when left alone for too long, he may become a nuisance. I don't know. Well, how do you like that? Did you Google it? I did. Prostate enlargement in dogs. Pet MD. Pet MD. You know, I wonder if on, <laughs> on Pet MD... All dogs end up with Crohn's disease. You know, I, I'm just wondering. You know, you know how all symptoms lead to Crohn's disease Do on these dogs medical... Dogs get Crohn's? Uh, look, let's, let's suffice it at prostates right now. They have one. Uh, and they get BPH too. Hmm. How do you like that? Excuse me, while I chew some ice. That's that's amazing. So yeah, no dogs have the same. I I guess you know dogs dogs don't live uh, nearly as long as humans in actual years, and so so pr- I think other things nail them long before uh, you know the old prostate kicks in. Who is I talking to? Someone this had is a, a dog. That this was is like a really appealing topic, either like to that. the women or to the younger listeners in our. <laughs> our show. It's a couple of middle aged guys talking about prostates in dogs, no less. Dog dog prostate. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So wow. Uh, as a regent. In, at Fort Wayne, yes, Concordia Theological Seminary. Theological, uh, you know, as, as opposed, opposed to, to the other one, yeah, right. uh, <laughs> which has the better careful academic now, careful now, uh, careful, yeah. But still, uh, what is it that a region does? I don't exactly? know. I I don't really actually know. Now, now, let re- me, let regent me... is like is like someone who reigns, right? Isn't that isn't <laughs> yeah, that like well, that's where the word comes like from. regent of Regnum, Lithuania Regnum, or something? Yeah, king. king. Board of Kings. So you're you're one of the kings of Fort Wayne. Do you get a crown? Wow, I hope so. This is like Narnia, where you don't just have like a king and a queen, but you have a board of kings. Board of Kings. I'm liking it. Narnia, Fort Wayne, six one half a dozen. Something going on there. Talking animals. Well, there are. Yes, there there are a few uh, talking. The donkeys. Talk. Yeah, well, the, donkeys. Ge- the geese in the pond talk. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, a little bit on board governance here. Uh, regents, just as directors, uh, they, they have no authority in and of themselves. The, it's only the board. The, that's all authority in board governance lies ah. with the board. Um, which may, which means that you know you're obliged to support the will of the board when the board makes decisions. It's a, a point sometimes lost on people. So is this like the there are no minority the voters assembly kind of thing? In some if ways, if the voters it is. assembly is is the the regents, is that in some? Well, but yeah, I, you know, in a sense, I guess you could say that is that no in, no individual 
has the the authority of governance. So your sacerdotalism is not going to fly there, Mister. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can see I'm a recovering sacerdotalist. Ah, yes. I'm recovering. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm willing to have the Voters' Assembly vote on what color to paint the outside of the church. They, ah. they can do that. And, of course, we know that'll take at least three and a half hours. Oh, yeah. Because uh, yeah. Well, first There's thing a is you've got to go get paint samples. <laughs> yeah, well, get that's hard. Absolutely. Well, you know how you, do you know how you, you pick a paint color among many choices quickly? You smear it on the wall and see how it looks. Well, that's necessary. I've seen that in all design shows. Okay. That the, you, you make big patches, two-foot patches. Or I have pieces of quarter-inch sheetrock that I paint, the color that I'm thinking about, and I get it into the light. And But that's not what I'm talking about. If you have a decision among many and you got to get a bunch of people to pick. Oh, you limit the options. Well, yeah, it helps to limit the options because that, that speeds up. But let's say even you have a dozen options. Always pick between two. So you, you you do two, and you select the one over the other. Then you bring the next one in, and you pick among two. You keep picking among two. You never say, of the 12, which one do oh, you want? Oh, that's just guaranteeing gridlock Yeah, right that's there. right. No, that, that will bog down. But but we're binary creatures, as are voters' assemblies and synodical conventions. that They can only decide A or B, yes or no. They, they, they can't really go beyond that. So you have to give them binary decisions and a series of binary decisions will very quickly get you to what the majority what's acceptable to the majority of people. Interesting. That's how we picked a design for a chalice. You know, we were we were uh, purchasing new new chalice and we I narrowed it to a field of about 4, 5 or 6 that were acceptable and it just say, "Okay, here's two pick one you think." Okay, and then they pick that. Then you go, here's well, another two. Pick or then the there's the way that we did it at Mount Olive. How was that? Where I got sick of looking down at the chalice with the little black spots at oh, the gosh. bottom yeah, and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just bought one and gave it to the church. Yeah, that that's dangerous, though. Well, uh, yeah, but they're, they're exerting free. your will by gift. This one was kind of cheap. <laughs> so if they decided that they wanted to spend some real money and buy a nice one, right. they're more than welcome to. Uh, that's uh, that's yeah. a fact, so. Hmm. <laughs> I think at this point we should go to the mailbag. Oh. Whose address is Godwhispers at gmail dot com? Let's let's uh, let's take a look at the mail. The Godwhispers mailbag brought to you by Generic Powder. Generic. Keep your mailbag dry. G Powder. G Powder. Generic Powder. Because we didn't get the T-shirt. GW Powder. Market our own. Sell it on eBay. I still have yet to upgrade the Schwagster. I'm so far behind on everything. No one believes that this is going to happen. I know. I I don't believe it's going to happen. Tabitha's given up all hope (laughs) at this point. (laughs) She's given up. (laughs) All hope of ever seeing a t-shirt. We we have a picture of her flaming drink on our God Whispers group on Facebook. We're going to get sued for that one day. And and we have never given her the the due payment. Yeah. Uh, From David. David writes an interesting question. David. so good to have you guys back on the podcast. Yay. Well, that, I'm sure you didn't say that after last week's show. I know Swirlo is busy with higher things and the synod, the synod convention. You do know that I was the first of the essays. Yes, we've heard Baptized this. for this moment. Uh, you, you did a fine job. He heard me. I wish I had uh, half your brain power. Wow. No, you don't. Um, it, it, it comes at... <laughs> There's a lot of baggage that goes with that. I, I I got an easy question for you today. He says I got an easy question. I got one. Yeah. How 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 do we understand objective justification in light of God's continued wrath, or shall we say wrath, the wrath of God? Paul teaches that the wrath of God is perpetually being revealed, just as his is his grace. Romans chapter 1. How can one be objectively justified but still experience wrath in this life, e.g. Ananias and Sapphira? Are you going to go objective versus subjective justification here? (laughs) Or Okay. No, I'm asking you. Is that where you're going here? Okay. This was addressed to you, so you get to answer it. Well, the the you is... I know how I would answer it, but... How would you answer it? Well, I'll let you answer it first, and then I'll tell that's, you if I would agree that's with looking that at answer. My hand, you're 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 trying to you're trying to glance. At my <laughs> okay, hand, you looking, want my looking, answer? Look and see how strong a suit I. The got. gift is given to all, but many reject the gift. Reject is and that? so if you 
insist on having no Savior in Christ, you get no Savior in Christ. Uh-huh. Or you have rejected the gift. Uh-huh. So, even though he has died for your sins. Oh, okay. All right. So that's important. So even those who reject Jesus' lordship and salvation still have Jesus as Lord and Savior. They just reject him. Right. Uh, and therefore, outside of Jesus' lordship and salvation, or let's put it better, outside of, of being in Christ, there is nothing but wrath. Well, it's it's like this. There are the conservative nut people out there that <laughs> that that say why have we deteriorated hang on degenerated just, just name hang on, hang on here who say obama is not my president oh. right oh, yeah 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 i i'm sorry if you recognize him to be your president or not he's still the president of the united states if you're a and, citizen he's your president yeah and yeah. so if you recognize him to be so oh, or nice. not okay he yeah. still is if you like it or not that's capons there's a million bucks buried in your backyard and it's yours whether you believe it or not Right. So your believing doesn't put it there. No. Your believing doesn't make it so. Your believing may cause you to dig it up and use it. That's true. And and much like you can give up your citizenship in the United States, you can give up your citizenship in the kingdom of heaven, too. You know, you can just quit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's here's a slight. So so there's there's one response. That's um, one. <laughs> well, I think there are many ways to look at this, but but sure. here, what what you're saying is that objectively in Christ, all are justified. Yes. So there's like this cross shaped hole or shadow in the wrath of God where you can hide, like Moses was hidden. Rock in the, of Ages, cleft for me. There, like Moses was hidden in the in in the cave. Yes. Okay. So this because because he could not deal with God in His glory directly, so he's hidden in the cave. So being hidden in Christ, there is no wrath because Christ is the end of the law, and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right. So if Christ is the end of the law. If there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, then there is no wrath of God in Christ. Right? Yes. Right. And that is that that is accomplished for all. Yes. <laughs> so but if you don't want that, if you if if being in Christ is not where you want to be, then there's no alternative. But outer darkness, weeping, gnashing of teeth. So it's like hell is the no place for which heaven is the only place. Yes. So the wrath of God remains for all who do not wish to be in Christ, but don't blame God. It's accomplished for you. Right. If you never dig up the million bucks in your backyard, don't blame the next guy that you're poor. Right. Because, I mean, and, and, and God's been telling you, it's in your backyard. You're rich. And you say, no, I'm not. I'm poor. Or it's like, you got a million bucks in the bank. Take your ATM card and have a ball. No, I, I don't. I don't believe you. You know, I'm exactly. poor. you handling when you got a million bucks in your back. That, that's, the, that's, the, that's the foolishness of unbelief. Right. Now, can I take this one st- in a slightly different direction? Okay. Object of justification. Here's where I think... Here, here's where I think this this goes off the rails ever so slightly. I think but. I just broke my soundboard. <laughs> well, it's not been working. Yeah. For the, oh, there it's back. Uh, what's wrong with that? It, the the little arrow just disappeared. It was gone. It was like I broke there's, it. There's a refurbished one out there for 850 bucks. <laughs> How can one be objectively justified but still experience wrath in this life? Okay. Here, one slight quibble, and I think this came up when there was this dust-up in Lutheranism about objective justification. Objective justification deals only with humanity in the abstract, not the individual in the concrete. Are you with me on that? You keep going. Romans 5, as in Adam, uh, so as in Adam, all fall, all sin and all are subject to death, all die in Adam. So in Christ, all are justified and all live. As in Adam, all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive, okay? So as far as the sin and death of Adam go, so far go the uh, justification and life of Christ. But just as Adam was aggregate humanity, he was all of humanity. When Adam sinned, the entirety of the human race became sinful, even those yet to be born. Because, I mean, Adam sinned before anybody was born. 
right? Yes. And so Christ is the embodiment. Christ is all of humanity in aggregate. Again, the second Adam. So the first Adam drags all of humanity, including the last baby born on the last second of the last day. He drags all of humanity into sin and death. So the second Adam does the same thing with all of humanity, except he rescues humanity from sin and delivers it from death. But you can only talk about humanity in the aggregate. If you're going to talk about individuals, then you must talk about baptism, faith, that sort of thing. Okay. So I think the... I'm, I'm waiting for a conclusion here that... Well, it, it, it's both of these things. The individual is baptized into Christ. The individual is brought into Christ by the word and faith created by the word. But what he's brought into is a salvation that is there for all of humanity, that all of humanity has as aggregate humanity in Christ. But the answer regarding God's wrath is the same, whether for the individual or for all of humanity. There is no wrath in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm kind of wondering if you could go another direction with this also. If you view God's wrath as a natural consequence to your actions, whereas I am forgiven in Christ, if I go ahead and like murder someone, I get to go to jail for a long time. Now, is that God's wrath or is that just the natural consequences? Or if I, you know, in a less civilized society, murder someone, then his kinsmen may track me down and pay me back likewise. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm not saved. It doesn't mean that I'm not a Christian. It, oh, I there, see. There you, are you, natural consequences it. to your actions. It, yeah, I think by natural you mean intrinsic. Yes. So if I drink a lot, um, <laughs> you may be a Christian, but your liver is not. Yeah, my like li- you. my liver's toast. I may not be able to hold down a job. My right. marriage may may crumble, Indeed. and I may have like a bunch of DUIs to my credit, right. and end up you know riding a bicycle to the the job I no longer have. Um, and those are those the, those are the wrath of God kind of intrinsically embedded in the in that activity. kind of natural law kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's it you know it just it and a lot of that is Romans one, right? Is that is that God just kind of lets things go on their merry way to show the whole world what the end of all of this is is anarchy, death, chaos, destruction, all of that stuff. Um, Ananias and Sapphira uh, got to be careful. Yeah, I mean they they dropped dead lying to Peter. Remember the incident? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, they said they'd they'd sold the land and given all the money to the to the church to the community, and they hadn't. And and so first one and then the other dies at the feet of Peter, and they drag the bodies out and bear. Now, um, are they damned? Not necessarily. It's not what the text is about. I mean, the, but uh, did they receive, was there an intrinsic punishment for their lying to the Holy Spirit? Yeah. And so, you know, for the Christian, when the Christian experiences those temporal punishments in this life, we receive that as, like Hebrews 12 says, the discipline of a loving father who disciplines his children. Or in 1 Corinthians 11, where Paul says, some of you have fallen asleep are sick and some have fallen asleep from the way you approach the Lord's Supper so that you won't be condemned along with the world. Sometimes we get to suffer consequences to teach us a lot of things. And sometimes <laughs> sometimes just just to keep us from really hurting ourselves eternally. We'll be go. back.
Bill, what would you do if you had a million dollars? Oh, I don't know. Retire? If I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy <sighs> you a house I would buy you a house Million bucks isn't what it used to be. You can't get much house for a million bucks anymore. If I had a million dollars You can get a house. Buy you furniture for your house Maybe you can get furniture. Chesterfield yeah. or an ottoman And if I had a million dollars If I had a million I love this song. Well, I'd buy you a K car. A nice reliant automobile. <laughs> That's a clever I line. A million dollars, I'd, I'd buy you. That's some cheap love. If I had a million dollars, I'd build a tree fort in a yard. I like yes. If I had a million dollars, you ever have a tree fort when you're a kid? No, can't say that. We never had a tree big enough to build one in. I climbed trees. I hid on. I hid in trees a lot. Like open the fridge. We had a couple olive trees, but I was allergic to them. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You're Italian and you're allergic to olive trees. Yeah. You know they're gonna re- they're gonna revoke your card one of these. Oh yeah. If I had a million dollars. What else, what else makes you un-Italian? I don't like raw tomatoes. I noticed you left raw tomatoes off lunch today. Yeah. You don't like raw tomatoes. I don't like raw tomatoes. I like them cooked. I don't like them raw. I'm going to have to make you these scarpetta tomato and basil dish sometime. I'd like to see what, a, what an Italian thinks of this. It's, it's an amazing dish. We grow San Marzano tomatoes. So, you know, when we were having a fine dinner the other night, they had the uh, they were slightly roasted tomatoes. Yeah, those were good. I like those. Okay, so but but it's got to be cooked to some extent. It's a texture thing. I just don't like the texture of a raw tomato. It's kind of slimy. It's actually the center part where the seeds are. Yeah, there's a there's a kind of a pulpiness to that. Yeah, I don't like that. Kind of a metallic taste when they're raw too. I don't know what that is. It's just kind of me. Umami. It's. Do you know that that um, tomatoes are as high in MSG as any Chinese food? Is? Are you serious? Naturally, yeah. Natural MSG in a tomato. Yeah. Well, they 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 are. They're kind of a tomato is sort of the quintessence of the of umami. I don't know what that is. That's that's your that's your uh, fourth fifth taste. We have sweet and sour and bitter and salt, and then umami. Look it up. Umami. It's glu- it like a Japanese thing. It, well, it is a Japanese term, but it's it's glutamic acid, glutamate, and it's a sense of savoriness. Huh. And and the tomato excels at that, which is why you. Like it, or maybe why you don't. Interesting. So, are we just going to run this whole? Uh, <laughs> I don't, it's only forty something seconds left. Huh? So, um, while that's winding down, we, we are the Godwits. I just want to break the no for Yeah, we know we know all that. that um, yeah. The uh, uh, David's email. Uh, just last, as an aside, what is your deal with homeschoolers? He wants to know. Well, we have a deal with homeschoolers. Attention. <laughs> The following we just like to listen to Dawn. Schooler alert. Attention. I missed that the voice. The following segment contains a home schooler alert. Man. Attention. The following segment contains a home schooler alert. Do you remember the episode? Do we have an issue with homeschoolers? Do you remember the episode where where that was invented? Uh, was that when Reed Lessing? Our man was, Reed uh, Lessing. Yes. What a great interview that was. He was translating was. some Hebrew. Quite, Jonah. Quite literally the for Gilulee, us. The, the Gilulim. You remember. I do. The Gilulim. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Reed, Reed was colorful. And, and you know, oh, that, was just, that, was a great, that was a great moment in, in yes. GW lore. The there, fecal but. god, as it were. Yeah. We don't have, I, don't, we, I don't think we have an issue with homeschoolers. Homeschoolers are kind of an easy target. 
uh, just because they're, they're kind of like the crunchy moms and the the <laughs> the lalechi leg league types and the the you know, I mean they're they're cor- the anti vaccine people. If I had kids in certain neighborhoods, I would homeschool them. No kidding. Um, and and I do know a number of of families that do it for a variety of reasons. Some being special needs. Uh, some being uh, as you indicate the the local school system is you know, basically a uh, big failure a juvenile delinquent right factory here in, in uh I, th- I think it's in detroit some like two-thirds of the kids drop out of high school yeah. it was some, some ridiculous number like that you know I, I i think and and i certainly respect the the right the right of a parent to educate their own child i, I think that that it, this 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 uh, government almost forcing people to uh uh, use government education or something like that. That, that. This is ridiculous. John Taylor Gatto. Yeah, the man. What, what's what's I, I have the. I think it's up there some. And uh, in, in, in my. Uh, um, what was that book that he wrote? I, uh, he he wrote a, a few books. But, but he was uh, like teacher of the year in New York for a bunch yeah, of years, and then right. he quit. He quit. And he became a homeschool advocate. Yeah. Well, he's kind of written the manifesto for homeschooling. Right. He's actually not a homeschool advocate. Well, uh, he, when in his book he writes that homeschooling is not the answer, right? Uh, but his answer well, he's he's an education reform advocate. Absolutely, there. his answer is twofold. One, uh, get parents directly involved in the educational decisions in the schools, and two, get the professional educators out of, out of these administrative offices and, and put teachers in. You know, like we were talking about, you you ought to have a few years, if not decades, of preaching and presiding under your belt before you teach young. Young uh, trainees, how to do it at the seminary? Uh, I, yeah, I think he would say the same thing. Is the people who run schools ought to be people who have spent some hard, serious time in the classroom? Yeah. And the problem is you don't. You have these professional administrators, well, and wh- you have lots of government. What they've done is on. they've gone to school to get an administrative credential, and now they are administrators because they have the proper credential. A lot of teachers do go on to get that credential. That's fine. And become administrators. That's fine. But then you have administrators that I don't know as they've taught at all. They've just gone to school, but gotten I think the masters. There and should be some classroom. There should be some hard time in the classroom. You know, but there are administrators that are bean counters that you don't need a teacher to. It, it depends. It depends it, what we're like talking seminary about. professors, if, they, if they're just there to teach you Greek and Hebrew, do they really need to be pastors? No. You know, they just need to be good linguists. Yes, or, or history. You just need to know your history. Right. I mean, the, this kind of stuff is not, but when you get, and that's why I was specific, when you get into the, the art of Zalesorga, right. of pastoring or preaching a sermon, which is different than good public speaking or something like that, or presiding. Conducting the liturgy and teaching the liturgy. Uh, the, that uh, I've I've just celebrated my twenty first anniversary, August second, in the ministry, and and I think back to what I thought ten years ago, or what I thought when I was working toward ordination. Um, it, it's it looks totally different today, and and uh, there's there's no amount of classroom can pre- prepare you for that as much as uh, the the uh, the raw parish experience. Yeah. Yeah, being yeah. trashed yeah. by a few congregations, kind of, you know. It's it's always nice for the rear echelon people to tell the military or the front line guys what it's like to be in combat, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I had a, a neighbor once who was a Vietnam vet, quote unquote. He he was in the Navy and he was a payroll clerk. Oh, okay. And of all the Vietnam vets that I've known, he's the only one who would talk a lot about Vietnam and everything. Because he never saw the elephant up close. Right. You know? Right. Whereas the guys who were in it, they don't talk about it all. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're Radar O'Reilly, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not so bad. Right. But if you're the guys getting shot up in the front or having your best buddy get blown to bits yeah. or having to massacre all kinds of people because you don't know who's your friend and who's your enemy, uh, that's pretty messed up. My dad had no problem talking about the Korean War because he was in Austria during the Korean War. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one and, of those things. And you know. uh, yeah, to 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 <laughs> footnote that anybody who glamorizes war yeah. hasn't fought in one. Yeah, there's that uh, too. Yeah, I mean the scars, the the devastation that's left over from war is just unbelievable. That's the I, problem with war is people get hurt and they die. They, yeah, well, otherwise it'd be fun. Tim writes in my fifteen odd years in the LCMS. Now, are those years odd or is it fifteen or so? I I I, I think being in the LCMS could be odd. 
I don't know what to make of that. I've been surprised about the apparent ambivalence Lutherans have toward the synodical convention, of which I was an essayist, by the way. I don't know if I've mentioned that fact. <laughs> Wait, you were an essayist? I was, the first one on Sunday Holy morning. Holy cow. It was a great experience. They put me up at a really nice hotel what and you, everything. You talked and about baptism? I did, baptized like for this moment. As opposed to baptized for eternity. Or baptized the other day. I, you know, it was... <laughs> Who knew this? For example, I recently approached Shocking. an LCMS pastor about the recent St. Louis convention, knowing that his parish was a mere 30 miles away. I was sorry I asked the question. He essentially had nothing to do with it except to catch up with someone he knew. I spent a month in convention one afternoon. <laughs> it is tedium. It is. I, I you know, I've uh, never an exercise been... in the use and misuse of procedure. <laughs> I've never been the circuit guy who was sent there. I've always been. I've been. I think three times now the alternate. Mm. But I've never been the guy sent. But I actually went once just for an afternoon, and it was when President Kishnick was elected. And I wanted to throw myself off the building just from all the procedural, you know, oh, shenanigans yeah. Yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, "Holy cow!" And, and then there's through this all week. Then there's this game of checkers that goes on where they, yeah, and and I think everybody who runs these things knows this. Yeah, that that um, guys are just chomping at the bit. To get to the microphone. Yes. Yeah, it's almost like they're at the microphone. They had a new system this time where you, you, you electronically signaled that you were on one side or the other side of a question. So you didn't have to uh, do the physical race to the microphone. You just ah. pushed your little button, your little ID button. Interesting. And then that you entered an, an electronic cue. Is this like the life alert? I've fallen and I can't get it up. Kind of, kind of yeah, pretty much. And and so, but but people have to sort of get their get their word in about everything. Could you press it from the bathroom? But hey, I think well, I'm not sure how what the range <laughs> of that was. But the, the people got to get their their two cents in about everything. So they put a lot of these softball resolutions up front and waste the first third of the convention. Are these uh, are these the kind of resolutions that uh, be do a, nothing? We have decided to declare that we love Jesus. <laughs> yeah, or we commend or encourage. Always look at the verbs. Uh, verbs like uh, resolved to commend, to encourage, to support. Don't do a darn thing. Uh, well, they're, so, but they're encouraging. And then with electronic voting, so positive. there's always 11 guys who vote no. <laughs> You know, to thank and encourage and support the LWML for sending 10,000 quilts to Africa. No. No. 11 people vote no. (laughs) Yeah, this could be done by acclamation. You don't need to count every vote, especially on these softball things. Second, there's nothing to We need to go to a second ballot on this. The other thing is what you see is when something really comes up that's meaty and of interest and certain powers don't want it, they all kind of angle and make some back deal, back door arrangement to get this like shoved onto an omnibus or uh, but something happened to further study to be taken yeah, up yeah, in three years. It's like right out of, you know, Tony Sopranos. <laughs> there, there's, so, something happens in a back room somewhere and the issue just goes away. Um but I guess this guy that he talked to just went to the convention to go and catch up with people he knew. Which a lot of that, I noticed that a lot is, of the is convention... That, is that bad? A, a lot of the convention is just kind of getting together with people you know. Look, it's, it's, a big, it's a big synodical reunion. The government that governs least governs best, I believe. <laughs> yeah. So the less that we get done in synodical convention, probably the better. I don't know. But I'm just saying... So Tim, Tim continues, I was genuinely interested in the goings-on at the convention and was helped by the reporting of Molly Hemingway on the other Lutheran show. What is, wait, wait, is she on a show? She's got a show? What? Molly? The other Lutheran show. I quit if What's Molly's he? doing a show because Whoa. she's fantastic. That's right. We're, we're done. We've got nothing on Molly. Let's wrap it up. We've got 14 and a half minutes left. Let's just stop I'm here. thinking of quitting right here. <laughs> this is it. I, I had no idea. I know, I know Molly does a blog on gotreligion.com. I didn't know she had a... a, a or, or maybe they're just referring to issues, et, et, et cetera. We can't compete with Molly. But but Molly's not on all the time. Or has Molly taken over from Todd? Maybe that's what's gone on. Could be. You know, if that's the case, I'm listening again. <laughs> 
But you if, don't even listen when you're on. Thank you. But no, that's true. But but if our leaders show little interest in what goes on at the convention, how can parishioners be expected to know or care about decisions that affect the LCMS? Craig, I, I think I'm safe to say that you're probably one of the ambivalent, aren't? <laughs> I although am. now now that you are now that you are in the employee of anything the Senate, that does not you are really affect the financing me, of me. KFUO. Okay. Or the employees of KFUO, um, I don't know as I'm going to care a whole lot about. Well, your financing is going to be taken care of now that I gave you an Our Lady of Guadalupe bank. That's right. The Our Lady, the Lady of Guadalupe is going to take care of us. (laughs) That was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 99 cent store baby that is a gold mine I'll tell you, for go- those of you who aren't on the inside of this uh we we went out to a fantastic dinner the other night we and, did. and bill gave me a bag a of bag gifts of gifts from the 99 cent store <laughs> one of them was I a, paid 11 bucks was a bank yep with a, a nice picture of our lady of guadalupe on it yeah it's a metal a metal Tin can, can with, right with a slitted top yeah, and, and our lady so I'm going to have to put it on your desk. put it near the water cooler or yeah, something like that, right? right? KFU on the top, it's beautiful. Uh, KFU fun, and you could put the Sacred Heart of Jesus votive candle that I got for you next to it for <laughs> for just kind of a little <laughs> shrine, a little effect. side altar. Yeah, little yeah. shrine effect there. That'd be really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that stuff. Yes, yeah. That'll be nice. Um, but ambivalence, ambivalence. I, I share that to a certain extent. I, I was there, as, I, as I've mentioned many times before, as a convention essayist. I stayed for a few sessions, but I really, really wasn't um, engaged by the whole thing. I was thankful I wasn't a delegate. Um, here's the problem, I think. Uh, I, the Senate is limited in power. I think people expect far too much. They expect the eschaton to happen right. at, at the at the convention, and it's not. It's 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 not even representative any longer of every congregation and pastor as it used to be back in Walther's day. It's it's it. There are delegates sent by groups of congregations to go and decide the 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 business of the national synod somehow i think people think that that if they can get the right resolution passed then all the problems of synod are going to go away no people will just ignore it because synod doesn't have the authority to force you to change anything well the synod and the district are advisory to the congregation at which point congregations are pretty much free to say thanks for the advice Right, right, and and the worst, but well, there are consequences. Well, that, yeah, you can be disfellowshipped if you go too far out. Yeah, you're removed from the roster of congregations, or you're removed from the clergy roster. And when was the last time that actually happened? <laughs> I <laughs> around in Missouri, and that's what Wisconsin in twenty one years. Have you ever known it to happen? No, uh, Wisconsin Senate has has always. Uh, th- this is one of their their bones to pick with us. Is we have no no internal discipline any longer. And maybe we don't. I, there, there might be there might be some validity to that. I'm not sure that I can recall in my lifetime, um, short of the Seminex upheaval. Uh, but even then, it's more like you know when a company they don't want to fire you, so they kind of make life interminably miserable for you, so you resign. They put your desk in the basement. Yeah, or they'll just call you into the office, say we will accept your resignation today, and it's like I didn't know I was resigning. You are. You must have me mistaken with someone else, yeah, right? Because <laughs> I'm not resigning today. So I think part of it is is the relative lack of power and authority in the Synod. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, there's a lot of much ado about nothing, and I think that some people have seen through it. I think it's a sign of our times, too. Um, I, I think, I think the, the younger uh, generation in general, the rising generation, puts far less faith, hope, and trust in institutions than perhaps previous generations did. That's true. So there's a lot of it's it's hard to get uh, it's hard to get uh, the young motivated in politics and public service and things like that, um, and I think it, the mood in the synod is much more congregational. Yeah, it, yeah. it's it, and each congregation is kind of a little entity unto itself. Well, this year in convention, were there any major resolutions that that were passed? Anything of any great substance? You know, did we declare <laughs> fellowship with any churches yeah. in uh, Madagascar or wherever? We did. Well, we finally formalized our our uh, relationship with the um, the Siberian Lutheran Church, which is a, that, that was like way overdue. Well, there's that. Okay, but uh, uh, you know, 
were there any earth-shattering decisions? I can't, I can't recall any. But I can't I, think I, of I, any. I, really I looked over attention. a lot of the stuff, and I don't remember anything that was truly worthy of great mention. But I'll give you just, I'll give you an <laughs> example, and it dovetails with another letter, uh, and that is this, this: our whole business is a closed communion. You know, you have people constantly petitioning the synod make more, make communion more open. You have uh, uh, people constantly petitioning the synod make communion more closed and force these people who are practicing a more open form of communion to stop it. So, you know, you have one, one group saying uh, to the synod, tell the other group to behave differently. Right. And, and the, the reality is synod does not have that authority to do, to do so. I mean, all we're saying when when, a, when the synod makes a decision, they're just saying this is what we believe in common. However, when that decision is made, fifty-four to forty-six percent say, uh, "How much of a consensus is that?" Yeah, it's it's not wide sweeping. And 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 what what's the meaning of fifty-six percent of not only it's not our congregations and pastors, it's fifty fifty-four fifty-six percent of the representative delegates. Hmm. Uh, this is why I have a I have a problem with making doctrinal resolutions of the synod binding upon member congregation, member teachers, member pastors when we didn't have a say in it. Well, there's that. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna make it binding upon every member of synod, then you have to send out one of those big long synodical ballots to everybody and say, are you in or not? And and then you, then it, it becomes, a, you know, are you with us or against kinda us? Like kind of like a thing. constitutional convention kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which means it's going to be rare. Oh, somebody had a great suggestion. I was talking to a fellow circuit counselor, a neighboring circuit. He was the pastoral delegate. He said, you know how in California they have those um, financial analyses forms uh, for the propositions, uh, this is how much the proposition oh, yeah. would cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says they ought to do that for every resolution of the Senate. <laughs> so, what's this going to cost? Yes. What What is the financial fiscal impact of this decision? Look, if there's one thing that Martin Stefan taught us, do not mess with Germans and their money. Yeah. <laughs> Rumors, rumors of of, uh, of young women will materialize very quickly, and if you, you will screw be, with Jew- Germans and their money. You will be, <laughs> con- you, you will be accused, convicted, and sent across the river before naked, lunch. Naked, <laughs> naked before lunch. <laughs> yes, right. And and then they'll go back and have schnitzel. <laughs> no, that, you, no, that's schnitzel right. Gruben. <laughs> well, that's what he was accused of. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, anyway, you you brought up closed communion, which segues nicely, Michael, into Michael's yes. uh, post on the God Whispers regarding the historic practice of closed communion, which where, where the catechumen it and that is spelled correctly, Michael. Thank you. Well done. Was dismissed and the members stayed to commune where the derivative name mass comes from. I'm not sure that that's where mass comes from, uh, but I, I'll I'll go with that. It makes sense. Ma- mass is dismissal. Um, and it, it could, um, you know, you have so, that. So Christmas is dismissing Christ? <laughs> no, 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 no. It refers to the liturgy of the Lord's Supper. Ah, yes. Uh, in, in which case, just prior to that, in the Eastern Church, it's the holy things for the holy people. Uh, in the West, there's there was, there is no longer, but there was a dismissal of the catechumens, uh, those who were lapsed, those who were permitted to hear but not received. Uh, in other words, when it got down to the Lord's Supper, only those who were going to receive it were permitted to stay. Uh, historically, the gathering of offerings was part of that second closed service. I, you know, I never thought about that. I, I, I don't know what the evidence for that is, that where the offerings were received. Um, there is a, a thing... You know, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he says, he says, I say to you that everyone who's angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment, etc. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Uh, now, of course, Jesus is, that's a pre-Lord's Supper context. But a lot of uh, people who read that, read that in the context of the church and see that as... Um, uh, part and parcel of the service of the Lord's Supper. You sure that's not just gifts. endorsement of the sacrifice of the Mass? <laughs> no, it's it's oh, okay. not. And uh, and you have that practice also. You still see it in in the Roman churches of uh, uh, bringing forward with the offerings bread and wine for use in the Lord's mm-hmm. Supper. It's kind of a ceremonial vestige of uh, people bringing in their offerings and from those offerings taking some bread and some wine and using it for the Lord's Supper. 
Uh, and also then the need to be reconciled with your brother. There's that, that later practice of um, handing out a crucifix uh, that one, one is to kiss is a sign of unity right. amongst the brothers. If there's any uh, breach in the unity, whether somebody's disagreeing or somebody, you know, whatever, uh, then everything stops and you have to be reconciled with one another before... Uh, coming to uh, the Lord's Supper, or indeed even offering your... We do gifts. this in some of the Lutheran liturgies with the sharing of the peas. Some, some of the Roman Catholics do that, too. Yeah, I, you know, I do that. Um, I, I have uh, immediately after the prayers of the church, right. um, before the offerings are brought forward, we do, in, do the offertory procession, but, but uh, uh, they're collected, and then after they're collected, before they're brought forward by the ushers, I say, please take a moment to greet each other in the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and so we do that. It's, again, sort of ceremonial, vestigial kind of thing. Yeah, but I've taken that as a teachable moment also where I've explained to the congregation several times that this is saying that there's nothing between you and me and nothing between us and Christ. Well, it, it illustrates an important thing that, that I, I mentioned last time. You know, I was thinking about koinonia a little bit uh, for my convention essay, which I gave at the, the convention. I was the first one. Did I, have I mentioned that at all, Craig? Or uh, No, please do tell us about it. I, yeah, it was, I was in St. <laughs> Louis. And, uh, but anyway, you don't hear about that. But, um, but koinonia, you know, communion fellowship uh god makes it we are we are one loaf because we part do we are one body because we partake of the one loaf paul says first corinthians 10 uh god establishes koinonia and fellowship and we live in it or we live in denial of it either way and i think this represents the the living in it that whatever is between us whether sin or whatever needs to be set aside yeah, it needs to be forgiven. We're dropping dead to the whole thing. We, we are. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. God has dropped dead to it in Christ. Now we drop dead to it because we're certainly not going to try to outdo Christ in his dropping dead. That would be rather foolish. Although I'm sure by the time that we're having coffee after church, one of us it's, will be stewing over it again. We're back at it again. Yeah, because <laughs> the old Adam refuses to forgive. In fact, the old Adam is willing to count 70 times 7 right. and keep book on it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm up to 469. I just have to forgive one more time and then I can and let them have it. <laughs> so the punchline on this note is, if closed communion, why not closed offering? Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah. When did the offering make the jump from the service of the sacrament to the service of the word? Um, it never did. It's, it's interstitial. It's always between. It's that in-between time. You might say that the, uh, the offering is collected during the intermission. <laughs> the intertestamental period. Yeah, well, well you know, it's, between, they, it's between the service of the word and the service of the I, I don't even know. Like, like 2,000 years ago, would they pass the hat or would they just have a box in the back? Or, or how, Good question. How I mean, that, the, synagogue, the synagogue slash temple had an alms box for, right. alms box for the poor, which you, you, you gave in. Those at the, you the, would ring a bell and blow a horn to show well, that you were doing it. Well, it's kind of big, long trumpet shape yeah. thing that made a lot of noise. Um, people brought a lot of offerings in kind, so they were bringing grain and wine and things of that nature, uh, primarily for distribution of the poor and also for the, the, the clergy, uh, support right? of the clergy. Yeah. But from that were taken the, the elements for the Lord's Supper, too. Uh, I just attended a church recently where the pastor during the offering said, if you're a visitor here, uh, this, uh, the, there's no expectation whatsoever that you put anything in the plate. Yeah, I've, um, I've been to several churches where that's that's stated also. I raised my hand and asked if I could get break change for a fifty. <laughs> Why not close offerings? Because money's nice, <laughs> and we need it to keep the lights. Actually, on. I, I think to answer that question over the music, uh, closed closed offerings. I think I really understood that that um, a guest. I'm not going to prevent a guest from making an offering. Whoa. That's a little loud. That was uh, abrupt. That was abrupt. But Jesus as a friend of mine was getting on my nerves. Quickly, I would say. Yeah. But I think in general, the offering is assumed to be closed to the members of the congregation. There you have it. That's what I think. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Yeah, well. We'll a, be back. A, a number of people have said that. Stay tuned. We're only a week away. Hopefully. You never know. Dude. You are our 
arrogant, hot-tempered, entirely too bold. I like that. friendship in many countries. Well, not in ours. There's nothing sexual about it. You're lucky, wee man! Ah! <laughs> what would you do with a brain if you had one? Bill is a uh, dynamic presence.